welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and I'm delighted this week to have a young man I've known for his entire life to be with me, David Lepchitz, and he is going to talk about a number of things related to media and his career, and we're just going to have a good time visiting. Welcome, David. Thanks, Shelley. It's nice to be here with you today. It's funny doing this. <laughs> yes, that it is. Quite by accident, folks, and that's the best ones we can have. Now, as I do with all my guests, if you will tell them, uh, the listening audience, where you're from, some of your early educational background, and then sort of segue into some family and some college background. Sure. Um, again, my name is David Lepchitz. I grew up in Athens, Tennessee, um, wonderful small town in East Tennessee on the foothills of the Smokies. Um, went to high school at the Baylor School. I was a boarding student um, there um, in high school. It's in Chattanooga. And then went to Appalachian State University for college. Went Studied both meteorology and broadcast journalism with a minor in computer information systems. I was kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type of student. Um, after that, I worked as an on-air meteorologist, um, started in Dothan, Alabama, um, made my way through the southeast into North Carolina, Alabama, Texas, and then ended up in Wichita Falls, Texas for about 12 years, um, met my then-wife and had a son while I was in Wichita Falls. It was a great city in North Texas. When I was there, I kind of transitioned out of on-air meteorology and then went kind of behind the scenes and became a broadcast engineer. And then um, around 2015, 2016, we got the opportunity to move within my company, Nextar Broadcasting, to Memphis to um, be a part of a hub system here where um, the local ABC affiliate um, ran 12 different TV stations in 12 different markets. We had 32 stations in 12 different markets. So I got to be on the ground floor of that. Um, and then now I work for the local Fox affiliate as assistant chief engineer here. Good. It's a, it's a long sort of tale. But no, that's great. And Wichita Falls, folks, I've got to give it aside. I spent two weeks there as I was entering the Air Force. January, for some reason, an idiot from East Tennessee thought it was warm in Texas all year round. I learned a great lesson when the temperatures were in their low 30s, and I had nothing to wear but a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> so don't hold that against me in my long, long career. But, um, it's funny how many people know of Wichita Falls. So they have the NATO program. So if any country buys jets from the U.S., specifically 15, F-15 and 16s, they send all their pilots to Shepard to learn how to operate their equipment. So my next door neighbors were Turkish, French, um, Brits, uh, Germans. I mean, it was fan. It's a fantastic little city, but it's amazing how obscure it is. It's like three hundred thousand, maybe, but yeah. everybody you don't, can't believe how many people you know from there. I thought it was really a great experience for me, but but yes, yeah, absolutely. the weather there is great for severe weather, <laughs> for, bad for people who don't know about it, and a good start to your career in meteorology. But now take us, David, if you will, uh, about this this career choice. <clears throat> what brought you to these fields? And and folks, he's extremely talented in a lot of these areas and uh, doing it. But take us to how you became. 
sort of an on-air sure. personality and moving back into what you're enjoying now. See, it's, it's really funny how, and my ex-wife now, but then wife has a similar story. So back when I was um, in Boy Scouts, uh, Troop 118, yeah. uh, Hog Snakes, um, <laughs> I was always like the map kid. I was always checking out the maps. I like really loved maps. So I'd always be orienteering with my favorite badge. It just, it felt right. So, and I was always, I was like came up in the time of computers and, and always had like a television thing. Um, when I was a junior in high school, there was a place called Johnson O'Connor Laboratories. They have, there's a couple around the country, but you go there and they test your aptitudes for everything. And you get a kind of a report back that says, okay, with your natural skills, you would be best suited. Not what you want to do, or it's more like what, yeah, it doesn't tell you your heart, but it tells you what your aptitudes, whether it be listening, hearing, memory, everything, what you're best suited to. And reporting and television was one of my, was the top thing. And so what is the... Merging the the Venn diagram of maps and television, meteorology. So it just made sense. Um, and I loved weather. And being outside and going to Appalachian State, you're in the mountains. Weather is wholly unpredictable. Um, but I was always the computer guy. I grew up in the time of computers. I took everything apart. Nothing went back the way it was supposed to. There was always a cup Full of some part that was supposed to go somewhere, but hey, it works anyway. Um, fast forward 20 years, and I just, computers make sense to me. No matter what the technology is, I like. I think I was on the ground floor of everything that computers now are based on. So if you understand the system underneath it, you then just scale up your thinking to understand everything there. So when I was in Wichita Falls... Um, I had an opportunity to transition out of weather because it wasn't as fun anymore with social media. It was less about the science and more about the television. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know me, I am an extreme extrovert. <laughs> I can talk to a wall for a long time, um, but it just was less fun. And the engineering part of it seemed like a good way that I could transition out of weather while still having a job. I'm still in the field that I want to be in, in television. And I can have, I can play weather. And actually it wasn't too bad because I was in the city of which I was a meteorologist. So to the normal public, I kind of was still their meteorologist. So I got all the perks without, you know, having to deal with social media and the slip and falls and the, all the tripwires that social media mm-hmm. has with it, especially when you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. So it worked really well for me to transition out of it and then got the opportunity to be an engineer in, um, in Memphis, which is even better because an engineer in television, there's chaos every day. <laughs> but it's different chaos. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, anything can happen. Everything can happen. Um, you have to be able to do every single job in the station. On Friday, we had severe storms. They weren't expected, but so I set up the cameras, got the audio up, got us on air with the meteorologist in the studio. One came in, but production wasn't there. So it was either someone had to do it or it wasn't going to happen. 
And I've been in the business 20 years. I've done every single job because I've had to. And so you do it. Well, <clears throat> we were talking earlier, folks, about uh, the, this, the change, I guess, David, in television as we would know it. Various local stations changing, uh, what we were talking, streaming stuff, yeah. all kinds Cord of Cord cutting, sure. It's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a big thing in our industry. Yeah, it's huge. so much difference. Now, in the Memphis area, mm -hmm. which, uh, folks, I lived here, oh gosh, 60 years ago going to medical school. I had been back. Is but, it really that long? Oh, hush. <laughs> Boy, I want to make a guy feel old. But the reality is, tell, tell our folks uh, at this time uh, how kind of maybe the broad base of your listening area, some demographics, if you have that, of, of who's actually watching, listening to broadcast now, maybe if we've got ages, and maybe even a little bit about some content, if you've got analysis yeah. of that. Um, it's tricky. And so just general knowledge, everyone in television, the golden demographic is 18 to 34. Mm. Because they're the ones that if you can garner or get their trust, then as they become the spenders and the business owners, and this isn't this is like broadcast advertised theory. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can establish the trust when they're young, eighteen to thirty-four, then as they get into thirty-five to fifty-five, that's when they become the business managers and the buying specialists and the. Mm -hmm. Right, and the people who are going to spend money and have businesses that may want to advertise with you. Mm -hmm. And if you have that trust, then you're going to keep it. Um, in the markets that I've worked, the legacy stations are almost unflappable. That is the stations like that you grew up with, with you know Paul Barris at Channel 3 and right, all the guys that had been there, Bill Markham, and you know, whether it's Knoxville or Chattanooga, you had the people that you grew up with and you watched and then you watched with your kids and then they watched and it just it's a circle mm -hmm. of of gaining the trust which is important that's the most important thing in news i know there's a lot in local news there's a big differentiation that needs to be made between national news and local news okay. because national news it's a huge stage and you're trying to get demographics from across the country in local news, you're trying to inform the general public in your area, and it's more specifically in your in the demographic that you are targeting. Okay. Analytics has done a lot for this because we're able to target. I mean, just individual neighborhoods where people where we can see through data mining, which is I don't like it. Um, I'm an old school guy. I like. Turning on, I like turning on the news and being able to believe what you see, okay. be believing what you're hearing, and that is very difficult. I can tell you, you know, that it's very difficult now, partially because there's so many voices screaming. Yes. Second yes. of all, is because I mean you don't know what to believe, and that is very difficult in our industry to keep that trust. And I guess, you know, I'm in engineering. I'm not in news anymore, but I see what's happening and i know in local news we i always say that think about local news you are as a reporter as a photog you are communicating and trying to 
listen and get the story of it's somebody's worst day. Mm. Your Tuesday that you going out to cover something is another person's worst possible day. Okay. Well, you think about car wrecks. Oh. I mean, just the gambit in local news. You know, in Memphis we have a crime problem. It's not, no, maybe not worse than any other city, but it's a city of a million people. So there's a lot of crime and we're covering it because it's the news. And so keeping that in mind, when you're out covering a story, it gives you empathy. It gives you compassion, but it's always, uh, it's always tricky because you have to compartmentalize that. There's a very specific type of person that is in news and that can last a long time in news because it is heavy hitting every day. You walk in, oh, well, we had a wreck here. There were seven, two, three people murdered here. And it, it weighs on you a lot. It can weigh on you. And if you can't compartmentalize, I don't know what we got on that tangent, but. No, but that's actually the point that I see, David, because I've always wondered how and known in my career, of course, bad news can be given, sadly, in the medical field. Right. But, oh, Absolutely. But what you're saying is a key point about news broadcasting and how tough it is for you all if you're on the street with somebody and it's been that bad day. I love the way you say that. Every day that you're out there can be a bad day for somebody, but you still have to bring us the news. Right. In a as informed and unbiased as you can, seeing both sides. And, I mean, y'all... You know what happened, you know, recently in Memphis to, we had a police issue and a whole thing. And trying to do that while in any way unbiased, I mean, is it's very difficult. And I I admire, I mean, we, the new industry gets a lot of flack. And I'd say most of it is warranted, but in local news, it just is a different beast. It's a different animal than national news. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. As you and I also talked, uh, looking, I guess, ahead some somewhat mm-hmm. uh, to the future of the industry, you had some great points about, uh, and, and I realize, folks, that we're not... <laughs> I am not an expert. Right? These no. are all kind of logical assessments that I have made by looking at the facts that are available to me at any given time. <laughs> exactly. Right? I don't know, but it's when you, when you lay out point A, point B, point C, yeah. look at the history, and then look forward, you can make conclusion X, Y, and Z. Yes. So that's what, that's what um, yeah. I want to put that as a, not a disclaimer, but I, know. You know, I am not in aware of any knowledge in specifics. That's okay. But I get to pin you down because I'm yes, the interviewer, do. right? Yes, you do. No, you can try. I can try, but I may not, folks. But no, it just, uh, and, and my viewing has changed over many, many moons. Oh, it's and, absolutely changed. And it has to. And even for young people, I love your comment about the demographics of 18 to 34-year-olds. We in podcasting have discovered that is the key listening group for podcasts. Oh, 100% yes. It just amazed me when I got started on this a number of months ago, and I thought, what do I have to say to an 18 to 34-year-old? And and we've been somewhat successful, but the reality check is you're right. So as we look uh, to this future, and I'm not not going to... No, it's fine. But as we look there, 
I mean, I have an idea, but it's just yeah. an idea. Well, share how how your idea looks. Let's let's say if you could maybe even design or or see where we're going. Pick us a time five years from now and take where you are in Memphis or other major cities, minor cities, and share with me again and the audience because I thought it was a great take on what you were describing uh, about what may occur. And you're right. I'm not saying no, that we're pinning you down. Right. You just had some good things to say about how we can view this sure. industry in a few years. So streaming has been both a, a really great thing for television because it's another revenue stream. As we lose what's called terrestrial viewers, that is viewers in cable systems, um, in antenna on top of your roof, the cable cutters, which I am one of. I've lived in Memphis for six years, and I have not once had cable. I have had nothing but streaming and an antenna on my house. Hmm. Because it's, well, you know, I mean, you know, as the inter- interviewer, y'all know at home, I mean, it just it's expensive, and why? Why? Um, but as we move forward... It may be one of those things that it bites us in the butt because as there are millions of choices on what you can watch at any given time. And a lot of what people watch is not new. The studies have shown that people will watch the same damn thing over and over and over again. Oh. Because they like what they like. Hey, I don't know yeah. what's on. Hey, yeah. we watched Yellowstone or what insert program here. And they yeah. Yeah, shoot, we'll watch that episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, and the content, the amount of content that's out there is just overwhelming. So I think local broadcasting, it's, I wouldn't say it's on the way out, but I think in the next five to 10 years, it's going to have to change because, and again, this is my opinion, but you look at the, not the quality of the shows, but just the choices that local television is making on their syndicated program what's on in the daytime which is not news it is i i I don't know what to say about it i mean it's fine it's not compelling um maybe that's me being a news person i mean a tv person um and as long as we're making money off that with advertisers that's great but it doesn't really further the industry. It just kind of, we're, I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, last year, we had, the government came in what's called repact. So they auctioned off um, a portion of the frequencies that satellites use. It was this called the C-band repack. It was finalized at like middle of the year. Um, middle of last year, finalized maybe the first of this year. But they cut off... Uh, couple hundred megahertz of what satellites you use to communicate with the ground and they they're selling it off to like Verizon it's part of the 5g rollout mm-hmm. but we I think over the past decade to 15 years every couple years we see a repack we had our wireless microphones repacked and that was sold to someone we had uh, the way we use live shots with microwaves the frequency we use there was repacked we, all the frequencies are sellable by the government and the companies which use those frequencies for their equipment to communicate um smart cars like a, there's right cars are eventually going to have to communicate with each other 
Okay. And that takes a radio signal. And that signal has to have room, you know, the 2.4 gigahertz at, on your router at home. It 40,000 things in your home talk on that frequency. You can get real jumbled. So if it's something very important, the government will sell off that frequency and then use the money from the sale to help the TV stations buy new equipment. Okay. It's a very common thing, I, um, but as we go forward, the more profitable thing or the thing that's worth the most money is the airwaves on which we broadcast on. Okay. So I don't think news, I don't think local stations are going anywhere because that, their transmitters, their terrestrial broadcasting is, that is gold. Because that is airwaves that can be used that no one can, that as long as the FCC is around, ain't nobody taking them. Okay. But going forward, I could see where, since we're going to more and more intranet-based streaming and broadcasting, we could see a situation where, well, like you can go to fox13memphis.com and watch our news. And you can go to any, any television station is going to have an on a streaming broadcast. Okay. Because, I mean, you, it costs nothing. It costs couple thousand dollars to get an encoder and you make it part of your website and that's it um there's also value in that because you can have different advertisers on your stream than on your air okay it's two different revenue streams but it's never going to be i don't think that streaming will ever be as profitable or as the viewership you're never going to get the amount of people on your stream as you used to on your television set Hmm. news used to be appointment-based viewing Growing up, at 6 o'clock, we had the television on. It was on the news. 11 o'clock, Eastern Time Zone. 11 o'clock, every night, news. Right. Right. That is not the case anymore. Even as someone who works in the business, granted, I live the news pretty much all day long, mm-hmm. um, but it's just not that people watch news when they want to. I mean, it's like with everything, with streaming. You don't sit down to watch a show You very rarely sit down to watch a show is like, hey what do you want to watch tonight oh i don't know let's see what's let's see what's on sometimes it's news sometimes it's anderson on cnn sometimes it's fox news sometimes nbc msnbc sometimes it's whatever's on um the channel surfing days as i see it i think that's going to it's appointment viewing you don't like oh let's see what's on and click, click the channel there are a lot of people that still do that i just don't see the future being that because you can watch what you want to when you want to. And I think news will eventually get there. Um, it's a tricky, it's tricky because you have to have, I mean, the, you, the anchors have lives too. They can't just be on, oh, you know, school, whatever, right? The main anchors, they work 2 to 11. And morning anchors, you know, Val and Ernie at Channel 13, they get up at 2 o'clock in the morning because they're on air at 4.30. And that type of thing... I don't, I don't know where that transitions to because that is the 100% Cronkite and the Today Show <laughs> back in the late 50s, early 60s. I mean, it's been, yeah. right. And that, I mean, Marconi and, I mean, the, the pioneers of our industry, that's all yeah. there was. There was only television. Well, first of all, there was only radio. radio. Then there was only television. And now I don't. I can, yeah, my heart says that it's it's going to be tough sledding for local news going forward. I, 
the best case scenario would be to be what it used to be. So there was a time when news, when there wasn't commercials in news, news was not commercialized. Okay. It was okay. the news. Here's it the didn't, news. right, it was the news. It was sacrosanct. It was the tr truth as those men saw it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, truth as the men and the producers and the executive producers and their teams saw it. Yeah. Um, the world is a much different place now, which is good. But that little part of it that it's advertising opinions and demography demographics did not make its way into what was covered on a daily basis mm -hmm. yeah. it was the news yeah the news was the news yeah exactly you well you believed it and, and yes and most i mean i most of the time it was unbiased news it was there was fact fact alleged fact fact not opinion yes there's more money in opinions <laughs> there just is i mean i I hate it, I but there's way more money in opinions than there are in facts. Exactly. You, opinions are narratives, are, right, can be spun, can be twisted, can be one thing that looks to one person one day, can look another, completely different way to another. And I get that, but there's got to be some middle. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, there's got to be some middle. The other thing, too, David, mm -hmm. and you brought up a great point. I think most of us, certainly I did until I watched talk to you over some years and other friends in the news business, you guys aren't just on the air for, you know, 10 minutes at a time or three minutes or whatever. You're working all day long. Oh, hell yeah. And, and what you just said, the 2 to 11, and folks who are listening, uh, whatever your age is, you need to know that their day is filled. I remember when you used to tell me you'd go out and you'd speak to school groups and you had other events you covered as a meteorologist it wasn't mm -hmm. just no it's not just the news by the way it's the news right so you know and, and share with folks what were some of those pieces of other things that your day was filled with um it depends on what your job is like we have so when you're like the main morning meteorologist or the chief meteorologist um your day starts with a school, I mean, Kiwanis Club groups, podcast interviews. With me, it was always getting up and, okay, forecast. First thing, look at the models when it came out. Okay, what's the day looking like? Do I need to actually watch the weather today? Or can I be specifically, specifically focused on well, when I was the evening, do, having life, in, yeah. you know, in the morning? Yeah. And then... Um, at noon, I'd go speak to a luncheon group of whatever, you know, pick the topic because there's a luncheon group somewhere or do a Zoom meeting or do something work-related. It was always fun for me because I love people and I, yeah, I love people. So meeting strangers is fantastic. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of anxiety with that and for the first 15 minutes and the hour beforehand. But once you get in the situation, you feel them and you, you know, you can, I don't know, you find a connection point with mm -hmm. anyone and it makes it worthwhile communication. But then you go into work, look back at weather and then make your forecast and then social media and then write your scripts and then see if news meets anything and then record radio and then do a 
more social media and it's a very full day as far as engineering it almost is more chaotic because and broadcast engineers are responsible for we are responsible for the gate that lets you in the badge that you have on that lets you in the gate all the way every piece of equipment to the transmitter to the tower to the antenna we have to know in fact my son who's 15 his name's austin um he dad he's like dan what exactly does an engineer do a <laughs> broadcast engineer do and i was like Oh, that's a good question. I was like, you have to know everything about your piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You have to know every piece of equipment that you have in that building. You have to know everything about. Now, you have a lot of help. We have you know, support, and we pay a lot of money for some support because you can't know everything about a microwave receiver and know everything about you know a $20,000 closed captioning system. It just, yeah. it spreads you too thin. Yeah. Um, but as an engineer, there's chaos every day because in a television station, time is money. Mm-hmm. And five seconds in black is an eternity. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think so, but yeah. five seconds is an absolute eternity as far as broadcasting goes. If you're in black for five, that is money that is money that is spent that you cannot get back. And but there's nothing you can do. You either have to, if it's in a commercial break, you give that money, you you know, there's, I don't know what you do, but it's never good. And five seconds is a lot. So you have to be able to react quickly to completely unknown situations. Oh, crap, we lost audio. Well, you have a yeah. air chain that has 40 pieces of equipment in it. Oh, and you have to figure out in seconds where the fault occurred and fix it quickly and that's what makes engineering fun for me because i don't know what i'm walking into every day i have my little rocket book that i have notes on and yeah every day is a new day so it is it's great mind exercise i guess because it's like someone is heading you well okay say you have a stack of three by five cards and each of them have a different problem and it's just, okay, here's this problem. You know, you have to, you have 10 seconds to solve it. Okay. And you go, and then, you know, eight seconds into it, they hand you another card. Oh, crap. Transmitter's down. Yeah. What? <laughs> but well, do we have power out there? Because, you know, it's generator and everything. Yeah. So I, I love what I do. What a magnificent thing. It's, it's yeah. fun. It's, um, it's a lot of work, and I have, I am on call all the time. Right. That was going to be my question, because... You don't get much of the downtime at all. Well, I can try. I mean, I mean can, yeah, I have time, and I have normal two weeks off a year, and I mean, normal vacations, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I if that. I get a text, I and mean, it's got to be very specific situations, like recording a podcast. If I got a text, I would not answer it because yeah. I can answer it in ten minutes, and it'll be fine. Because right. if I'm I. And this is immodest, I know, but I am kind of the guy that I don't have to think about it. I've done this for a long time, yeah. and my memory is good for now. So, and they guys that work for me or work with me, they can either spend 15 minutes looking up the answer or call me, and I can do it immediately. Right, right. And so that is fantastic, but it's also, I mean, it's not the greatest because, you know, they, they know that. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, let's call Dave or text Dave. He'll know, and I do. Most of the time, 
but still, yeah, that that breather that everybody needs, and then in in these high intensity jobs like you're yeah. pointing out. Oh, that's the I best mean, part. Yeah, you're you're just rocking along. You love challenges. I know you do. The intensity is fantastic. But the intensity. Oh, now, fantastic. understand, folks. There are a lot of you all out there. I was in a pretty high intense career. Yes, for you a while. were. Birth and babies. Birth and babies. High and intensity. Got out, but. But the reality is that, like what Dave's doing, uh, is so great because you need people who can react well under that. Uh, and this is a key in his industry. Now, yeah. uh, as we begin to wrap up just a minute now, if a young person comes to you, uh-huh. whether it be your son, Austin, or somebody you know from school or sure. whatever, and says, okay, tell me why I would enjoy a career in the, the broadcast field, what would you recommend to that young person to do or as you analyze them mm-hmm. to have to be successful as you have been after these 20 years? Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I really do. That means a lot to me. Um, it depends on why they want it. Um, I have seen people that want to get in television because they want to be famous. Um that is less likely now because there's way better ways to be famous. <laughs> Some are infamous, and there needs to be a designation between infamous and famous, yeah. but you don't have to be on the news to be famous now. So there's that. Um, if you want to be a communicator, someone who is dependent on to deliver the news of the day. If you, um, I'd say, start recording, start just recording yourself, um, not posting the recordings of yourself. Mm. This is this is for you, not for quote unquote them, because if you can become a good communicator, um, then those skills and that hunger, just that inner strength that you get that you can get from just talking to people on the street i mean some of them will be unkind you're going to deal with that way worse and on a daily basis sometimes in the news industry Mm -hmm. Uh, same with if you're thinking about acting industry granted you're dealing with a completely different subset of business and money in that deal but you're still Behind the scenes, you're a communicator. You can either, you're able to, with words and with nonverbal communication, get across the idea and the emotion that is appropriate for what you're talking about. Mm. And I think that is really important. You have, and the industry, since I've been in it, I mean, I started in meteorology in 98, so I've been at it for a while, but I started out, I did it old school, started out in Dothan, Alabama, Market 172, and worked my way up doing. Now, you don't have to do that now, which is great. I'm an old dude, so I, there's, I, I can't in good conscience say that doesn't piss me off a little bit. Sure, I understand. But, I mean, good on you for, for, for being able to do that. And I have seen people who deserve it. Who, you know, there's some very talented people, young people, in the news industry now, and that's great. Um, I'm happy that they were able to not have the 
trial and tribulations of working in the small market and shooting, mm-hmm. you know, but and making pennies, you know, um, and just I see so many people just thinking it's going to happen yeah. and just on its own organically. And I, you've, I've very rarely, it does happen. There are flashes in the pan for sure. There are people that come on, you know, start working in Birmingham and it just light up the screen and that will translate and you will go far. But if you can just be yourself and be conversational and just, being able to know yourself, but know the know what the other person, what being able to empathize with what is happening to them, and I don't want to say getting them, but allowing them to communicate their emotions mm. to you, or even better, through you, mm. then that will absolutely translate to success, no matter what you look like. No matter six, I mean, being able to really get someone to open up and share their story. That is, that is amazing mm-hmm. to see. It's amazing to see third person because yeah. you can, when you see it, you know it. Yeah. And I know you've seen it. I know that the listeners have seen it and when you see it, it's special. And if you can do that, you will be successful. Mm-hmm. You just, it's you crappy hours and. You don't get much out of boys. It's here's how you messed up today. Oh, <laughs> took a step too far to the left in that stand up. Oh, didn't have that. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's nitpicking by by a lot of people, but it is yeah. fantastic for me. The good days where you just know you just rocked it. Yep. Um, when when I was a meteorologist, um, we, you know, Tornado Alley, which still falls. When I knew that I got that tornado warning out. And I knew exactly where it was going to be and called it correctly and really impacted people's lives. Yeah. yeah. With with meteorology and tornadoes, it goes to a whole nother level. You are impacting, you have the ability to impact people's lives by them making choices, by giving them the information that allows them to make the right choice for themselves. Yeah. Um, but being able to do that and having that, I don't know, inner satisfaction i guess inner mm-hmm. inner worth i'm sure there's a really cool way to say it i just am coming up short um yeah to see the inner beauty in yourself that you have that you have been able to communicate and to help others that is a really special thing and if that is worth doing if you want to do it mm. because there's not i mean i not there's not a lot of people in news now that you know, that want to be there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tough now because you can make, you don't make much money and there's a lot of other things that pay better, but it does attract the ones that we get that love it and are really good are worth, and they're fantastic. Hmm. Wonderful. And there ends the promo for news. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's true. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I love it. I love what I do. And I am, I thank, I thank God that I was able to find what I love. Absolutely. Wonderful advice. And folks, this, yeah, and, and I will say without, without blowing smoke, because that's not who I am, this young man has done that. He's a wonderful people person. He works hard. He understands. And this is great advice for you young folks listening 
to to put a career together and put life together in general and i think it's awesome and as i say to you listeners each week all you have to do if you have questions for david or me or any situation about the program today send them to my email shellgriff at gmail.com s-h-e-l-g-r-i-f at gmail.com i'll talk to him get back to you I'm going to have him back, whether he knows it or not. He's coming back on another, another episode. I love it. Just a wonderful time, and I greatly appreciate you and, and, and have loved this young man for a long, long time. So it's been special for me. And as I say to all of you guys out there, I need you to have a safe and a healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.